God Conversations with Tanya Harris. So let me ask you that question. What does God tell me? <laughs> well, you know, thunder, lightning. <laughs> Mother Teresa, someone asked her, when did God speak to you? And she said, whenever he wants. So essentially the, the Bible is a, a collection of God Conversations, if you like. I had a vision of a car accident. And I'm sitting on the couch thinking, why have I just seen this? How could I know if God was speaking to me? How could I know that that Jesus said we'd recognize his voice. It was never meant to be a one-way conversation. Stories of God talking to his people abound throughout the Bible, but we usually only get the highlights. We read, God said, go to Egypt, and then Mary and Joseph left for Egypt. We're not told how God spoke, how they knew it was him, or how they decided to act on what they'd heard. This is how the blurb of my new book, God Conversations, reads. When I first read the Bible stories about God speaking, I thought, you know what, it sounds so easy for them, when the reality for me seemed to be so different. That's why I set out to write my book like I did. I wanted to show you more than the highlights. I wanted to show what really happens behind the scenes when we hear God's voice. Hi, and welcome to episode 39 of the God Conversations podcast. My name is Tanya Harris, and I'm a pastor, speaker, and founder of this ministry that equips you to recognize and respond to God's voice. Well, it's been about three months now since my new book, God Conversations, launched in the UK. And I'm so excited to say it's now arrived in the Southern Hemisphere. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about the book itself. So this episode is the story behind the scenes. I wanted to share with you some of the questions that provoked the book, the style I chose to write in, and also a little bit of the writing process with you. I wanted to answer some of the questions that people have asked me as I've shared my book with them. But before I get into it, I want to let you know about a very special discount that we have on the podcast. It's an absolute exclusive to our listeners. In fact, we won't be writing about it anywhere on the website. So keep listening, and towards the end, I'm going to let you know about the discount that we have for you. It's going to be a 30% discount on the retail price, and I'm going to share how you can go about getting that because it's a fantastic deal. But some other great God Conversations news as well is that we have hit 20,000 downloads on the podcast this month, which is a massive milestone. The podcast is listened to listeners from all over the world. And even just this week, I received a really great encouragement by someone who was sick for a couple of days and had a binge on God Conversations podcast. It beats the Netflix series. Come on. But it's our prayer that this podcast is a real inspiration to you, whatever you're doing, whether you're driving, jogging, walking, whatever you're up to. Thanks so much for tuning in every month when we have a new one. Another thing too, a big thank you for the latest reviewer on iTunes. Uh, the listener called Green says this, God wants to converse with us directly. So true. This is the good news that Tanya wants us to know and experience. Each of the podcasts builds on the next and helps to break thoughts when there are barriers keeping us from hearing God. That's so true. That is so our heart. Thanks so much to Green for sharing that review. And if you can, I can I encourage you to jump onto iTunes, make a comment, do a rating on the podcast, because what that does is help us get the podcast out there into the world so that everyone can really understand that we have a personal God who wants to speak to each one of us. So let's talk about how this book on hearing God's voice is different to the others you'll find 
in the stores. You know, there's some fantastic books out there that will teach you how to hear God's voice for yourself. So when I actually sat down to write, I wanted to do something different. I thought, well, if I'm going to write a book on this topic, it, it needs to be different to the great ones that are already out there. So what I've written in God Conversations is more of a memoir than a a teaching of bullet points that you should follow. I really wanted to invite you into the journey of hearing God's voice. Well, what is it like? I wanted to take you behind the scenes and share with you some of the, the questions and the doubts and the fears because it's not always cut and dried. And sometimes we hear those stories, whether even from the Bible or from the platform, when people talk about these things and they don't necessarily cover all the questions, do they? But the truth is that it is a learning process and there are steps in a journey and an experience. So this book was designed to help you go on that journey with me and then hopefully as you do that to find points of resonance in your own story. It's an approach that, to be honest, I have to confess, was not my idea. In fact, when God first called me to my ministry, to the Ministry of God Conversations, he said this to me. He said, I want you to show them the manna I gave to you to eat while you're in the desert. What does that mean? It's a reference to an Old Testament Bible story. You may know it. When the Israelites were rescued from Egypt and they found themselves in a desert on the way to their promised land. And during that time, God feeds them with bread from heaven. They called it manna, which means, what is it? And then later on in the New Testament, we see that Jesus picks up on this theme when he was on earth. And he likens God's manna in the desert to his words that are spirit and their life. He says they're like bread, like manna. We can't live without them. They sustain us in our journeys. So that's what God said to me. He said, show them the manner that I gave you. Show them how I spoke. Show them how I confirmed it. Show them how you heard it. Show them what happened afterwards. And so my book ended up being a memoir, partly memoir at least, with lots of stories and and part teaching as well. You know that most of the Bible is stories. In fact, most of Jesus' teaching was also stories. And I love that stories make the principles go from black and white to colour. They fill in the abstract and ground those truths in reality. So the book is more show than tell, although there is some telling involved too. And even now we're starting to get some wonderful feedback coming in from all over the world. And one of the most common comments is this one. People say, I never thought I could hear from God. But now I realize I always have been. Isn't that interesting? People are recognizing that God is speaking to them. He's always a talker. That's his nature. That's his character. But it's our job to recognize when he does speak. So in the book, you'll find yourself with me in the middle of situations, trying to understand what's going on. And, you know, the first place I turned, of course, was the Bible. My questions were, well, has anyone else had a a God dream like me? Has anyone else seen dead bodies used to symbolize lifeless hopes? Has anyone else in the Bible had to trust God's word for a big geographical move? Has anyone else had a funny sign to confirm what God had said? Let me give you an example. One time God spoke to me about my church and he used two different people to add pieces to the puzzle. 
So I was at a prayer meeting and God spoke to me. And at the very same time, he was speaking to someone else in the group across the other side of the circle. We got together and we talked about it and we recognized, oh, this is God talking. He had one piece of the puzzle and I had the other. It was very similar to the way that God spoke to Peter and Cornelius in the Bible about the same topic, about the future of the church, how it should involve Gentiles. You may know the story in the book of Acts. So on one hand, God's talking to Peter in a vision in the city of Joppa. And on the other hand, he's talking to Cornelius through an angelic vision in Caesarea. Then they get together and it's like, well, what did you hear God say? Oh, what did you hear God say? And then they work it out and they reflect on it and they realize this is God speaking. There was another time that God spoke to me about the traffic on the main street of the city in which I lived, in the city of Melbourne. And it was a kind of object lesson to say that he would be faithful to his promise, no matter how long ago he said it. And in the, in the dream, I, I saw the street with cars on it, when years ago it had been made into a pedestrian mall. And God was saying, in the same way that cars are running on this street again, I'm going to be faithful to my promise that I made to you. But it was kind of like an object lesson, like a pun, if you like. And it's the same kind of pun that he uses to speak to Jeremiah, for example, in the Bible, when he uses the symbol of a branch of an almond tree. And what we see is God uses word plays and puns and, and riddles and object lessons to speak to us. His patterning is consistent. And that's why I've decided to splice my story in with the Bible characters. So you'll see a bit of a pattern in the book. Each chapter starts with a time that God spoke and some of my questions that were around it. Then we cut to a Bible God conversation and we learn something from that. And then at the close of the chapter, we go back to those questions and we answer them by telling the end of the story. So underlying each story, there's an important teaching principle about hearing God's voice and how to follow it. See, the truth is in our hearts, we all have the same basic questions, don't we? What does God sound like and how do we know if it's him and how do we respond to what he says? I can remember at the beginning of my journey asking those very questions. I would go to the experts and say, well, what does God sound like? And they would look at me and they would smile and they'll say things like, well, you'll know when you hear it. Well, that didn't really help because I didn't know and I didn't think I'd heard it. So what we need to remember is that God has been speaking for a long time and the patterning of his leading and his call is the same, although the circumstances around them are different. And of course, we need to remember that people in the Bible, they're just like us. They're ordinary people. They make mistakes. They hear what they want to hear. They sometimes disobey and they have to face the consequences. So the Bible is like a journal of God conversations for us to learn from. But we also need to remember that what you see in the Bible is the best stories. They are the ones that show pivotal moments in history, the highlights, so to speak. They don't always show us how God spoke. They're there to show us what he said. And there's a really big difference. So we don't always get the detail, the minutiae. It doesn't always tell us about the fears and the doubts and the process behind it all. And we also need to remember that the stories tend to be written by experts, not the beginners. In fact, in ancient times, there were schools of the prophets and they were designed to teach people how to hear God's voice. So obviously, there was training and learning and growing involved. 
but you're not going to see the mistakes that were made in the learning process. You're not going to see those written in the Bible. You see one or two perhaps, like there was one example with the false prophets in Jeremiah's time, when you had two groups of people saying different things, one who heard what they wanted to hear and one which was genuinely from God. You also see in the book of Acts a wrong application of God's messages to the Apostle Paul about going to Jerusalem. It's why Revelation has always got to be tested, and it had to be tested back in Bible times too. They were people just like us, and they could easily confuse their agendas with God's voice, just like us. Things haven't really changed that much. Finally, we don't realise that most of the prophetic books took years to edit and to write. They were finely tuned and they were edited. So when you retell a story after it's over, the doubts and the fears are all resolved. The plot lines are clear and they usually don't bother including the grey parts of the story. There are some exceptions, of course. One of the few times you really get a, a clear view of what was going on behind the scenes is in the story of Gideon. It's the only story really that unpacks it in detail. The irony of this is that in the church circles I grew up in, poor old Gideon got a really bad rap. People used to say that he was lacking in faith because he kept wanting God to confirm his word. He kept asking for fleeces because he wanted to be sure. But I think that the beauty and the power of this story is that it shows us his fear. It shows us his doubt and he didn't want to get it wrong. In fact, the chances if he did get it wrong would be that he would die and all of his army with him. There was a lot at stake there. And the beauty of that story is we see what's happening in his heart and the questions that he has. But most of the time, you don't get to see that. That's why I decided to write my book. I wanted to be presenting a really honest account of what it's like to go on this journey, to ask the questions and to express the doubts. And so many times I took those fears to God. I, you know, I said, God, I'm just not sure if it's you. Am I making this up? Is, is it my imagination? And what I saw every single time is the goodness and the kindness of God as he came in and he helped me to learn. He helped me to understand. You see, this is the heart of God. He wants us to hear his voice. He's He's not like the father who's going, here, I want to speak to you. Guess what I'm trying to say? He caters to our doubts. He's always willing to speak to those who are willing to listen. He helped me to recognize his voice and he'll do exactly the same for you. We're going to go straight to a break, but afterwards I'm going to share a little bit about the writing process and, and how I had to really think about how to describe how God spoke. And, and don't forget afterwards I'm going to share the discount process for how to receive that 30% off the God Conversations book. Have you ever heard one of those stories about someone who thought they heard from God, but they actually didn't? Then there's all the damage and fallout that goes with it. We know that God speaks. But how do we know it's his voice we're hearing and not something we made up ourselves? The good news is that Jesus promised his people we'd be able to know his voice and follow it. Just like the Bible characters who've gone before us, we can learn to recognize his voice. The Other Side of the Conversation series is designed to take you step by step through the biblical teaching on hearing God's voice, as well as plenty of practical tips that you can apply in the context of your local church. We've worked really hard to create an excellent resource that has been used in churches all around the world and has the potential to change your life. 
The box set includes a documentary-style DVD with six 15-minute episodes, plus a guidebook for individual or small group use. You can buy it online from Curon Books in Australia, Manor in New Zealand, or at the godconversations.com store. Remember, the ability to hear God's voice is given to everyone who chooses to follow Jesus. It was never meant to be a one-way conversation. Welcome back to God Conversations with Tanya Harris. Today we've been talking about my new book of the same name. And as I've shared that with people, they've asked me about the writing process. Well, it was an interesting one because I chose to write the book partly as a memoir. And I realized as soon as I started to write that I would hit some challenges. And one of the biggest ones was how to write about the God talking experiences and how not to use cliches. Like there's only so many times you can say the hair on the back of your neck stood up. How how would I capture these profound moments when God spoke to me? For example, there was a story about God speaking about which Bible college I should go to. And it was a bit of a challenge to write because it was really a feeling-based message that God gave me rather than specific words. The challenge of this story is that God has spoken to me about going to Bible college, but I actually didn't want to go. So let me read a portion from chapter 5. I find the number in the phone book and dial it. I even get a pen to take notes, as though I'm serious. A secretary answers and puts me through to one of the academic staff, whose name is Jim. I want to inquire about your courses, please, I say, pressing my ear to the handset in feigned interest. Jim greets me with a warm hello and launches into an enthusiastic pitch about the Bachelor of Arts in Biblical Studies. I sit at the table with my nostrils flaring, jotting down the occasional note. How long will it take, I ask, and cringe when he says three years. And how much will it cost, cradling my head in my hands when he tells me. My mind is a steely block that creaks and cranks, refusing to budge like rusted joints in a machine. Jim keeps talking, and while he does, I feel the tiniest rupture of emotion in the pit of my stomach. It feels like joy, but my head refuses to acknowledge it, so I try instead to focus on what Jim is saying. He's talking about the timetable and the study requirements, but now I can feel it simmering in my spirit, threatening to overcome my clipped inquiries. Great. And do you have a brochure or some sort of prospectus I can look at? I say with suppressed revulsion, and the joy bubbles up some more, softening the hard lines of my jaw and tugging at my pursed lips. Jim takes down my address, promising to send one out as I manage a polite thank you. Then I put the phone down and erupt in hideous laughter. (laughs) What a fun experience. The other thing I experience while writing is more of the creativity of God. You'll notice in the book that God speaks a lot in pictures. This is also the case in the Bible. I think about 70% of us are visual learners. So when I was writing, I was able to expand on his use of metaphors and imagery. So for example, in chapter 7, I'm writing about when God spoke to me about his timing. I'd been so impatient to keep moving forward in God's plan. But God wanted to to give a bigger picture. And to do that, he used a metaphor. Let me read you an excerpt so you can see what I mean. End of the day, I was in the bathroom and I'd been cleaning my teeth. 
So then it reads, then I see it. It comes like a picture in my imagination, but it isn't my imagination. It's a baby. It's lying on its side and it's smiling contentedly, waving its long curling fingers and wriggling with life. My heart leaps. But then I look again. With a stab of disquiet, I notice that the baby is disturbingly skinny. Ugly bumps protrude across its collarbone. Its cheeks are hollowed and dark. The skin on its belly is loose and manky, like the pads of your fingers when you've been in the bath too long. It has no fingernails. Smeared over its body is a messy sludge, and I can see the umbilical cord connecting it to a mass of bloody flesh. I feel the quickening pulse of my heart. I know it's mine. It was such a powerful way for God to speak. The baby that I saw was a metaphor for my ministry. I was in training, but God was saying it wasn't time yet. He could have used words. He could have said, Tanya, it's not time yet. But he didn't. He spoke in a picture. And when he did, I had these twin feelings of excitement. There's my baby. There's my ministry. But at the same time, this really strong check. No, you don't want it to be born yet because it's not ready. And with that came a sense of sadness and acceptance. It was a beautiful way for God to speak to me about his timing and to make it clear how important it was to cooperate with the process that he had. My prayer is that you see that process throughout the book. My prayer is that you'll see his wonderful heart to make his messages clear, to personally communicate to each one of us and to make it real. It's quite stunning. God wants to speak to all of us like that. It's not just for the special people. It's what we see him doing all throughout history, throughout the characters of the Bible, and he continues to do that today. When his spirit came, God said, this promise is for you and your children and to all those who are afar off, each one of us, men, women, sons and daughters, young and old, we can all hear from God for ourselves. It's our inheritance in the Holy Spirit. So I encourage you, to read the book. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Love to hear what you got out of it and what you saw in it and how I encouraged you in your own walk with God. If you've already read it, can I encourage you to share it with others? Get the word out there. You know, the ministry is all about equipping people to hear God's voice for themselves. So because you're one of our podcast listeners and because you've listened all the way through the episode, we'd like to give you the gift of a 30% discount. All you need to do is go to godconversations.com to the store, add the book to your cart and at the checkout, type in the code P-O-D-G-I-F-T 39, pod gift 39. That's P-O-D-G-I-F-T 39 in capital letters. And then you'll be able to get the book winging its way to you all over the world. Thanks for sharing in the podcast today. It has been fantastic to have you on the show and I'm looking forward to talking to you again next time. Great to have you on the show today. Don't miss the next episode by subscribing on iTunes. Search for God Conversations with Tanya Harris and click subscribe. While you're there, leave us a review so others can learn to hear God's voice too. 